0: It's time for Inside the NRL. The teams are in for Origin 3. The Blues forced to make another change after the Morones turn to Palmer and the Hammer. Wayne Bennett blows up about the weekend's blowouts. The clubs are going to take a hell of a lot more responsibility. But are the clubs really to blame? Plus, we bring you the latest on the Dragons lockdown drama as players are punished for partying at Paul Bourne's house. We debate whether Joseph Suwali is actually ready for the NRL. Yes, there's plenty going on in the world of rugby league right now. Thank you for joining us for Inside the NRL. I hope you're all holding up okay, given the impact of COVID-19 across the country at the moment. I'm Zach Bailey, joined as I am every Monday by Premiership winner with the Dragons back in 2010, Jamie Soward. Zach. And Michael Chambers from the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, What a way to kick off the show. There is plenty coming your way, some breaking news around the Blues, but stand by for that. Uh, What left egg on these guys' faces?
1: I feel like mine's more of an (laughs) omelette. The Canberra Raiders, I keep waiting for them to come good. I feel like, what's that movie where the bloke's standing outside with the boombox and he's just waiting for the girl to come out? I just feel like a desperate girlfriend waiting for the Raiders to come good. They were terrible at home, in front of a home crowd. I don't know what's going on down there this year. I'm a, I'm a secret closet Raiders fan because I am from Canberra and grew up supporting them. But I just don't know what's going on at the moment. And it's it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch Ricky Stewart, who's so intense. You know, week after week, just, yeah, that team
0: fail. Yeah, it's hard to believe given a lot of us had them finishing the top four or five. Oh, the Smokies for everyone, yeah.
2: Premiership. Michael? Left me the egg on my face. It's probably going to come back to backfire. I, I want to bring up the conversation around Sam Walker, Christian Welsh, that tackle on the weekend that wasn't charged by the NRL Match Review Committee. Now, I think Trent Roberts has been the voice of reason when it comes to these head knocks, and I was just I was a little bit puzzled, Sowie, in regards to his comments over the weekend. From the I just watched that and thought that's a accidental head clash play on. What can you do? And the Match Review Committee. Obviously felt the same. I think from a tackle point of view, the arms wrapped around, it didn't get him... there wasn't a dangerous contact with the legs. Am I seeing something wrong there? Yeah. You're a former... One of the most prolific kickers in the game. Tell me, what have I missed here? So
1: what you, if, we, if we have a look at it again, once a kicker has no protection, he's looking downfield, he has no protection, he has no chance to be able to protect himself. So right there, Sam Walker, when you look at this angle right here, he's not even looking where Christian Welch is coming from. And for Christian Welch to still have his head in contact with Sam Walker's head. If that was a normal tackle, play would have been stopped. We would have looked at it. The bunker would have looked at it and everything like that. But we just expected Sam Walker to, to keep going. Now, it's one of the most dangerous things that we have in our game is protecting the kickers. You know, we've seen, guys, if you're on your pivot leg and then you've got that leg up, you've only got one leg to be able to stand on. Every other play in the game is you know where the defence is coming from. You can brace yourself for
0: impact. Kickers don't have that luxury. Michael, we've got hit or miss coming up later on. We have to move on to State of Origin three next Wednesday night. We still don't know where this match will be played, but Michael, there is some breaking news when it comes to the Blues and their camp in the lead up to that match.
2: Yeah, they've been up in the Central Coast, but they've been forced to reallocate, well, relocate their uh, their camp to Kingscliff, where they spent game two. Just concerns from the Victorian government with the storm players being based in the Central Coast, obviously. Uh, in lockdown at the moment. They want the the Storm players away from those zones, from Sydney, Central Coast, Wollongong. So they'll move to Kingscliff just to make things easier going back uh, south of the border to Victoria after the Origin match next week. So they'll now move up to Kingscliff. The Blues, Uh, look, they're 2-0 up in the series. I don't know if it'll affect things too much. What a lovely part of the world to be in anyway. Up in Kingscliff, they've had some bit of distractions today with some players in and out of the squad, Uh, but... All in all, they've still got what, eight days, nine days before the big game, so I don't think it'll it'll uh, distract them too much.
0: I was up there ahead of Game 2 when the players absolutely love being in camp in Kingscliff, so I don't think it'll affect them too much. But what does this mean for the game? It was scheduled to be played at Stadium Australia. We're in lockdown in Sydney until Friday at least.
2: I think it's very unlikely the game will be at at Stadium Australia. I think you'll find the game's probably going to be Newcastle pending the New South Wales government. The other option, obviously, is, is the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Some people thinking now that with the Blues... Heading to Kingscliff? Does that mean we're going for three games in Queensland with another game in Brisbane? I don't think that's the case. But as someone said yesterday, it's a home ground advantage for. Uh, oh, look, out- the Queensland
1: <laughs> fans—they won't turn up. They'll be playing in front of <laughs> empty stadium. I mean, seriously. Look, uh, I hope it is in Newcastle. I think that it'd be great to take it. We saw how the success that it was going to Townsville, and you look at those scenes there. Newcastle one of the best places to play because the stadium is on top of you, especially that Andrew John stand. So hopefully uh, we get a result, and if we can't have it in Sydney, we have it in Newcastle.
0: Now, Michael, there was some talk. Last Friday, that we we're going to find out that afternoon where the venue would be for sure. Do we know when we're going to find this out? Because it's only nine days out.
2: It's all dependent on the New South Wales government. It depends on when restrictions get eased, if they get eased, what the, the plan is moving forward. The NRL are just waiting for instructions because, in all seriousness, they want to play this game in front of 80,000 at ANZ Stadium, and the Blues would love to do that as well, Stadium Australia, sorry. They, the chance of that happening is slim. Is 50% enough for the, for the NRL to play to, at Stadium Australia? Probably not, I think they'd rather then take it to Newcastle So they really can't make a decision Because if they lock this in for Newcastle And two days later we're on the road again it, It's not good for the game to just chop it and change But the, the, to they've six.
1: got the Tim Zoo fight up there Wednesday night So they should be able to make a decision Newcastle or as, as per at the moment Well I
2: think Newcastle at 50% capacity over the weekend Yeah So they just Newcastle at 50% capacity is a crowd of what 16,000 I don't know if that's enough to keep it here
0: All right, let's move on to the teams. As Michael said, a bit of drama for the Blues already. They've had to make one change, the team they named last night, this morning. Daniel Saifidi is out with a rib injury. And uh, given he was injured playing for the Knights on Saturday, initially named as a reserve, Dale Finucane comes into the 17 and surprisingly has been named to start ahead of Payne Haas, who remains on the bench. Mitch Moses will debut in the halves alongside Jack Whiten, given the Panthers pair Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai are sidelined. Their club teammate, Appy Coruscant, will make his Blues debut off the bench. Now to the Maroons. Kalen Pongla re- returns at fullback after missing the opening two games. Hamaso Tabuifido Fido has been handed his debut at centre, which means Kirk Capewell shifts to his preferred position in the back row. AJ Brimson makes his origin return after missing the Suncourt match, while David Fofida must beat his Grade 1 dangerous contact charge if he is to line up on Wednesday night. It's, uh, Let's focus on the Blues to start with in this discussion, and Blues coach Brad Fittler has revealed today why he's gone with Mitch Moses and Jack Whiten as his halves combination. There was talk around uh, Cody and, and Adam, and I just thought the disruption from a point of view of you'd change pretty much your whole game and nearly want to play like South Sydney. So there's a few players at the moment that could have come in to the position, but I feel like Having Mitchell there, bringing Jack into 5'8 was the least disruption going forward. I've been a fan of Mitchell's uh, for a while. Obviously, I coached Mitchell in the Lebanon team and I'm always very grateful for the effort those boys put in because I've got to say, without their effort, I'm not sure if I'm doing what I'm doing right now. I'm very excited to give him an opportunity. Sowie, if you were Brad Fittler? Would you have gone with that combination? Has he got it right?
1: No, I had the plug and play of uh, Reynolds and also Walker. And I know they would have, you know, Freddie said that they would have changed the attack to the South Sydney style. But Damien Cook's in at nine. And you've got Tedesco, who's been, they've been running the same plays at the Roosters for the last three years anyway, with that sweeping style and going to that left-hand side. So uh, I went the other way. You know, I would have had those two guys. I just think it's it's all about combination. We've seen how successful they've been uh, in terms of Luai and also Cleary. But the other thing is, it puts a lot of pressure on Jack Whiten because that left-hand side, Jack hasn't been playing good this year and the utility role suited him because he could come on, run around, he didn't have to organise anything and he could be an energiser bunny through the middle when he got his opportunity. Now the game's been won when he's come on. Now he's got the responsibility of not only organising that left-hand side, how does he get the trail mitch of the ball, when, where, why, it does he kick? And where do they turn over possession against the Queensland side that's going to be hungry to try and stave off a sweep? So I think it puts a lot of pressure back on Jack, and that's why I didn't have Jack in the side
0: to start with. And pressure on Mitch Moses as well. He's uh, one from six in finals matches. A lot of the time, Michael, it's been against superior opposition, but the Blues have been so dominant so far in game one and two. Do we expect him to dominate and rise to the occasion in arguably the biggest game of his
2: career? Well, the thing with and we've all heard it. The knock-on Mitchell Moses is that he's a flat-track bully. When things are going well, Mitchell Moses is shining. When things are going bad, he's nowhere to be seen. He's going to have to make himself notice this weekend, this next week when he plays his origin debut for New South Wales. I, I like the selection because I think we need... Well, New South Wales need a Stuart McGill to the Shane Warne. If 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 Nathan Cleary is the man going forward, then we, you need someone ready to go for the next five years as his understudy. Now, I don't think... Uh, Mitchell Moses is probably going to knock off Nathan Cleary, a fully fit Nathan Cleary, anytime soon. But what a handy bloke to have there ready to go. And this is a test for him to show can he handle the situation because if New South Wales go backwards severely and they don't win this week, that probably puts a line through his name going forward. I, I don't know how much Freddie will read into that going into the future, but Nathan Cleary has been quite controlling in that team and that's what Brad Fittler will, will demand of, the, of the, uh, the new New South Wales number 7.
0: So does Moses' origin career hinge on this result? Uh, is they're that going, to a, we is can't, going too far?
1: Yeah, it is because we don't know what happens with injuries. And Freddie obviously likes him and knows what he's like in and around camp. Now, you know, I agree with Michael in terms of that. That's been the knock on him in terms of covering his games. And I've been critical of Mitchell uh, in some of his games as well. I need to see a little bit more control. And if I take Friday night into example, that was a free hit for Parramatta to come out, attack, throw everything at the Penrith Panthers without. Nathan Cleary off the back of Origin and step up. Did I see that from the whole Parramatta side? No, I saw a team that tried not to lose the game and then at the end we were close to try and win it. So you know, I need to see him be a little bit more controlled, run in the footy and not be frantic. You know, he's got a 5'8 outside him that he hasn't played with, that he's not in form. Uh, that's why I had the plug and play of, of Walker and also Reynolds. So it would be interesting to see that dynamic. However... I'm right behind New South Wales. I hope they win 50-0 again.
0: And you just said there that Jack Whiten is the perfect 14 in your eyes. Appy Korosau is an out-and-out out hooker. So why has Freddie gone with him at 14?
1: I think it's a reward for his uh, form over the last couple of years. He played well on the weekend and he's been in the squad. And, and rather than bring in another forward and, or try and make another 14, uh, he's going to reward Appy for the first two games of being in camp. Plus, they could play a little bit of small ball where Damian Cook plays at 13 and they have both those guys on the field at the same time.
0: Michael, how different do you think this team would look if the series was still alive?
2: I well, it would have been tempting for Freddie to go with the Reynolds-Walker combination. I think just knowing that they can just slot straight in with, with Trell Mitchell and Damian Cook and Cameron Murray and get a job done, I think that would have been very tempting for, for Fittler. But I don't, I don't think there would too many changes. I, obviously, when you lose games, you need to make changes, and we see that with the Queensland team. But... It's a tough one. You, on the back of two wins, you, just, you, you can't see anyone missing out on that team. But I, I think there's, they're, they're well covered in every position. And, and, and you look at the guys on 19 and 20, Nico Hines, Killing Gutterson, they walk into that Queensland team at the moment. So there's, a, there's plenty of uh, talent at New South Wales disposal.
0: What about uh, Dale Finucane? He'll start for the Blues next Wednesday night. Is that the right move to start him? Yeah. He's the ultimate professional, yeah. And But in terms of Payne Haas? Like well,
1: Payne Haas is the best front row equal with James Fisher-Harris, I think, in the game. But So why doesn't he start? Well, he's done a job off the bench and he doesn't want to mix too many things up. He's already got a new halves bearing and Dale Finucane will come in and he'll probably just punch you out the first 25 minutes professionally like he does every single week for the Melbourne Storm and then Payne
0: Haas will come on and tear, rip and tear for...
1: Plus, if you
2: remember in Game 1, his desired, his desired preference to start in the front row was Jake Treboivich. So, perhaps so it's he'll the, play a similar role? Yeah. yeah.
0: And you just mentioned there, uh, Michael, that Clint Gutherson's in the squad. Steph- Stefano otto Kimano comes in. Nico Hines was already there. But who's the 18th man?
1: I think it'll be Nico Hines. He'll be able to cover the outside backs if they need to. Uh, and, you know, if, if Appy went down, you could bring him in onto the bench. Or if, if a, a forward went down, he's played in the middle and he's played that halves role as well. So it'll be Nico Hines for me.
0: Alright, it's time to turn our attention to the Maroons side. Of course, they've lost the series already. Sowie, you uh, when the team was named for Game 2, you said that was an improvement on Game 1. When you look at this team where does it rank of all three?
1: Uh, It's stronger. I do have a couple of question marks though. Hemiso Tabby Waifido on the weekend didn't really play himself into a jersey I think that uh, Kurt Mann would have been the better option at the centre he's a better defender and the, the puzzling selection for me from a Queensland point of view is AJ Brimson because he can't play anywhere else on the field it's not like when Carlin Pong came in they threw him in the middle 13 footwork in and around that and they just threw him out there Paul Green doesn't know how to use A.J. Brimson. In the first game, they threw him on because he was sitting on the bench and they didn't know how to get him into the game. So whether that's different the second time around, I'll have to wait and see. But if I see A.J. Brimson come on and play number nine, it's just a waste of a bench spot. You may as well have had Kurt Mann there who at least can cover five or six spots, has played in five or six spots over his career. So um, those two guys are probably the only selections that are a little bit puzzling. But their forward pack, I think Ben Hunt in at number nine, uh, replacing Andrew McCulloch takes out the having to have two hookers. Uh, and his running game as well. And plus, Benny played pretty well on the weekend for the, for the Dragons as well. So uh, the big one is Dave Fafita. Yeah, how do they unlock Dave Fafita? If he's going to be suspended, who do they bring in? Uh, I think it'd be Francis Molo, actually. I didn't mind the look of him either.
0: OK, so you've just made two great points there. They couldn't get anything out of AJ Brimson in Game 1 and they didn't get much out of Dave Fafita in Game 2. So how do they get... Something out of those players. Well, you've got
1: to. AJ's got to get onto the field, and if the game's going against you and you're defending, how how is Paul Green going to get AJ into the field if it's 20 nil after you know, 25 gone. minutes? The, the game's, game's gone. gone. So yes. you throw him out Which there, he's gone, gone. hide to nothing. And then you look at Dave Fafita. I'm going to go left field here. I think Dave Fafita needs to move into the front row. For, for just not anything more than it will force him to get involved he needs to move into the middle doesn't have to make decisions on an edge at least we're going to get him to carry the ball, he's going to create some offload this is for Queensland obviously Uh, go into the middle scaddle some bodies, you know, create some offload, get Munster, get Cherry Evans over the ball. We can see what Cherry Evans does for Manly when he's got those big forwards rolling forward and they get some offloads. So if I was Paul Green, I'd be saying, David, you're going on in the middle. You're going to replace Christian Welch. You and Tino are going to play up front. Uh, You're going to replace the two bookends and create some second phase because that's the only way they can beat New South Wales is just letting it fly and and hopefully a couple of passes stick.
0: Now, there was plenty of talk in or after game two when Reece Walsh was ruled out with injury that if he was fit... They shouldn't pick him to protect him. Now, they've picked Hamaso Tabuifido to make his origin debut, marking against Tom Trebojevic, who's <laughs> been the best player across both games so far, and Rome's. Have they thrown him to the wolves?
1: Yes, because Hamaso Tabuifido last year started at full-back, all right? made his way to the wing, and then this year they've moved him into the centres, and I don't care who's marking you know, Tom Tjuibovich at the who, moment. What,
2: what is not? Who do you put in? And you don't throw him to the wolves.
1: I would have gone Kurt Mann because Kurt Mann is it def, can defend and yeah. he's a really really good defensive player. Now Hammer say so when he gets the hammer when he gets into open space, yeah, no one might catch him. But the way that Queensland have defended, they were going they're going to see a lot of shape down that right hand side. And I just feel like Kurt Mann, would have been he's played there. He would have been able to put himself in position to at least try and stop Tom Tjuibovich.
0: Michael, is Daley Cherry Evans' captaincy on the line in this match?
2: Uh, potentially, yeah. I, I don't think there were people impressed with the way he handled Not just the football, just after the game. Uh, the way some of the things that he said after the game made a few people question his leadership. I think everyone's everyone's position in the team goes on the line and they lose 3-0. It's, this is Queensland, it's Origin. They'll be embarrassed, there'll be questions asked, there'll be an investigation. So it, it's, it, and I think Paul Green and Daley Cherry Evans will be atop the list. And I, Look, he's a fantastic player and he could lead the Manly Seagulls on the back of Tom Trebojevich to a grand final this year. Like that could be, I reckon outside the top three teams, they're, they're, they're probably the, the fourth best team in terms of upsetting someone in a, in, a, in a big game at the end of the year. So he's still got it, but whether he has what it takes to lead Queensland out of this hole, we'll find out on Wednesday night.
1: I think his spot's on the line, not necessarily the captaincy, just the captaincy. I think there's... The, Queensland went through a stage where they brought in the young Smith, Thurston, Slater. They just made... The, and the next crop's coming through. Walsh, Walker... All those guys who are all playing NRL at the moment. So if, if they go down 3-0 and it's uninspiring and the new coach comes in and wants to blood some new talent, they may move in a different direction. Who's going to be the captain? Well, Cameron Munster could easily do it. Does he want to do it? We'll have to wait and see. But they've got plenty of candidates there that'll be able to do it.
0: And Morones, greats, Michael just mentioned it there, that they were scathing, not necessarily the... White- they lost games 1 and 2 but the way they lost them so what do the Maroons have to do to win back the respect of those guys and, the, and especially their state
1: well a win would be nice well I don't really care if they win or not but they they need to come out and for, for, for 10 minutes right they came out and they threw the kitchen sink at New South Wales and New South, and they threw a million punches and New South Wales went oh that's cute and just hung in there and then went bang, bang, bang. And they were and the exhausted game, after that. And tentative. the game was over. Yeah. You know, and even, like, listen to Paul Voughton. He said they look slow and lethargic. Like, you have eight days to get ready. Like, you should be able to go. New South Wales didn't look like... They look like they could have played another game. So they need to come out, sustain their pressure. When things go against them... Don't drop your head like it's the Bulldogs on the weekend against Manly. We need to find a way. We need to keep throwing the the kitchen sink at them. And if it doesn't go our way and we come off the field and we're not good enough, that's great. But at the moment, they're not saying that. They're just getting blown away. and It's like, oh, well, hopefully we don't lose by 30.
2: Well, during that Queensland reign, the dominance there during their dynasty... There would have been only a handful of games, two or three, that the New South Wales weren't competitive. They were competitive in every single series. And that goes, I think there was, what, one whitewash? Like in so 2011,
1: people say in 2010 they had their last sweep. 2011 they said, oh, when you played, did you, were you uh, underdogs by 20 points? We lost game one by four points. We won game two by 10 points. And we lost game three by 10 points. Now, game three was a blowout. We came back late. But... You were always competitive because that was how... Now, the game's changed, the rules have changed. Maybe New South Wales is just fitter, faster and better at the moment than the Queenslanders.
0: All right, perfect segue to this. There's been plenty made about the lopsided scores in the season so far, especially on the weekend, and it sparked this response from the super coach, Wayne Bennett.
1: 80 brilliant minutes, plenty of Sea Eagles shining, 11
3: tries to nil. The biggest win in Manly's history. They've pounded the Bulldogs, 66-0. I will just make one statement on it, and I'm not going to really say any more on it, you know. Management of clubs has a a huge result on performances at the moment. Storm 46, Roosters nil. I'm not going to name names, nor am I going to name clubs, but if you look at some of the clubs, some of the decisions they've made, some of the things that happened to players, I, I wouldn't want to be in that club, and I know if I was in that club, I wouldn't be playing very well. It's a big, big win to the Newcastle Knights. Wiping out the Cowboys, 38-0. You keep blaming the players. You're so far off the mark, it doesn't matter. You're not in club lean, you don't understand how it works. Not one of you guys in this room go to a toxic environment to work, do your best work. It's no different in the football team. But, you know, it's the easy blame is to put the blame on the player because he's not playing well. Or the team's not playing well. You've got to look deeper than that, guys, because that's where the problem is. Okay, it's as simple as that. Things that are happening within some of these clubs are, are absolutely adding to the scoreboards. It's pretty ordinary stuff. Yep,
0: Wayne Bennett uh, didn't miss shall we? <laughs> but do you agree? Uh, yeah,
1: partially. I think the rules, we've gone and we've talked, I feel like every week we talk about how much the rules have affected the game and the way that the style of footy that's been played. But Wayne Bennett has a, a point as well that you know, club management, we talk about culture, we talk about leadership. You know, if, if you're not at a good club at the moment or you're lacking that, usually that coach gets sacked or they bring someone else in that can try and change it, right? It takes a while to change it and you do get a little bit of leeway, but I think that Wayne Bennett yeah, probably shot from the hip there knowing he's been around the game for so long. He knows what it takes to talk to a guy to get him up for a game. And you look at the highlights there, Newcastle and Cowboys... Cowboys were actually above Newcastle that wasn't a blowout because one was coming first and one was coming last that was because it was an attitude thing as well which you know is your culture and your leadership and that's the new coaches have to come in and try and reinvigorate a roster that they don't necessarily want Players that they might not have had if they had a blank check. And they have to try and get the best out of them. And that's, that doesn't work everywhere. I've been a part of those rosters.
0: You, you, just, you just mentioned culture and attitude. The Roosters lost 46-0 to the Storm on Thursday night. The Rabbitohs lost 50-0 to the Storm earlier this year. And they lost 56-12 to yeah, the Panthers. The Roosters so, have
1: won two out of the last four titles. And so the Rabbitohs
0: have also had defeats by 50 points. Yeah, but the so,
1: Rabbitohs haven't won two out of the last four titles. I
0: understand that. but
1: Roosters got an ageing... The Roosters are remarkable. They're in six, to be honest. They've had an ageing roster. They're trying to get some fresh blood in now. They're learning some hard lessons. Trent Robinson would be filthy, not at the talent they had on the weekend, but at some of the efforts defensively. They went away from their structures. That's. I'm not even including the Roosters in this. I'm looking at yeah, Bulldogs. You watch the Bulldogs' tape, and it's a lot of their defensive reads. There's blokes that they've got no idea what's going on out there.
2: Yeah, well, it's tough. I, 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 take, I spoke to Wayne about it today. I think there's, there's always been bad teams. There's always been bad clubs. I think there's a problem getting out of a hole. How do you get yourself, when you get into a situation that the Tigers find themselves in, para found themselves in years ago, Newcastle found themselves in... It's so hard. The salary cap is even, yes, I take it. But you're actually skewed because you're paying overs to get blows to the club. And if you make two or three bad decisions, which the West Tigers have done, and a lot of clubs have done, it takes you five years to recover. And the teams at the top can pay unders for guys because people want to come win a comp. Now, yeah, but so, th- look, and that's the nature. What of about sport. the
1: Bulldogs, though? Forever and a day, I hear how Des Hasler left that salary cap in dire straits. Right? How long? He hasn't been there for five years.
2: Yeah, because so they what? made. That, because once you get down to a position that they were in, no one wants to go there. Now Trent Barrett has a great rapport with players, and he's and you're seeing that now. When, if a coach has rapport with players, they can attract talent. Ado Car, Matt Burton, they got Brenton Aiden, you know, and they're going to probably get. Pango so, what's Junior. the pass for the Bulldogs next year then? I think they should be challenging for the eight. And if they don't, all right, let's get. It. you question what's going on but because you live and die by your recruitment decisions, Sally. Let's get away. How do they, how do we
0: fix it as a club? Because it, it feels like. Well, are there uh, enough talented no. people within the game no. that are willing to take a risk to fix clubs? Because as you said, it's, it's not a yeah. one- or two-year build.
1: It's, Look, there's coaches years. out there, Zach, that want to be back being coaches. That's what they do. They coach, right? And the only way to fix it, in my opinion is a national reserve grade competition. You need, as a young guy coming forward, you don't need to be playing jersey flag and then jumping straight into first grade. You need to be playing against hardened first graders, angry first graders. First graders are pissed off they're not in the first grade team trying to prove a point to get back into first grade. I learned against... I played reserve grade with Justin Hodges. Yeah, you know, international premiership winner, come back, and I learn from him, and then you're playing against him at training and all that kind of stuff. We need a national reserve grade competition. That's the only way you're going to be able to keep developing talent. Bring the clubs up and then you start to get reward too for those guys that you have developed because they're playing against men before they get to playing against men.
2: I think I think Zach, you're talking more about people around the game, right? As well, so a coaches and whatnot. Well. Yeah, yeah. I, I take your point on that. And that's the thing. Like, you think if you got offer Wayne Bennett a job at Canterbury or The Tigers is going to go there. Like, Wayne Bennett, it's all well and good. They've got a great club there at South Sydney. But the people who are in positions like Ricky Stewart, well, Craig Bellamy, Dez Hasler, uh, Trent Robinson, they're not going to go to the West Tigers or Bulldogs in these clubs. That's the situation they're in. So to get out of it, you're going to have to take leaps of faith in coaches who, like it or not, make short-sighted decisions to save themselves. The, that's the nature of the job. You're in there to play finals football. As hard as it is to look to the future, you've got three years to make a finals or you What do gone. you do
1: with an ageing roster if it's not performing?
2: Well, you've got to move on. Penrith have played... Yeah. What Penrith? do you do?
1: You bring some youngsters in. You, well, if you've got the them. Next, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying in terms of coaches and that, someone's oh, going to take yeah. a leap and just commit. Like, there's the next wave's coming through. Ryan Carr, Cameron Sorraldo. Well,
2: Cameron, Soraldo. Cameron Soraldo. Do you think Cameron Sorraldo's going to jump out of Penrith to take a job at a club that's struggling? You wait for the right opportunity. Well, I turned just... down the
0: Sharks to work alongside Craig Fitzgibbon next year. That's right. Anyway, we have to move on because there's so much happening in the game. Uh, in excess of 12 Dragons players broke not only the NRL protocols across the weekend, but also the New South Wales government's stay-at-home orders, uh, which means that, uh, well, for partying at Paul Vaughan's house on Saturday night. Michael, what's the latest?
2: Yeah, the ARL Commissioner meeting at the moment, I think there'll be uh, an outcome this evening, Zach. Uh, they're just discussing what these punishments are going to be. You'd imagine they'd be quite severe, given what happened over the weekend. Obviously, we saw today that Jack DeBellin's come forward and said that he was at the party as well. Uh, he's come forward to police, uh, and he wasn't originally named in that list. So uh, the Dragons have spoken to DeBellin, and he's now been uh, given a $1,000 fine there. So that's that's a... Half your squad now involved in this, and the, the club are, are bitterly disappointed with the actions of the players. Uh, look, a lot of people are saying, look, they're, they're together every every day of the week, they're training, and they didn't put anyone at risk. But regardless of whether they put anyone at risk, the rules are there for everyone in New South Wales, well, Sydney, Wollongong, Central Coast, and Blue Mountains. That you can't be at people's houses. So the argument that they are together anyway is valid, but it's irrelevant in this situation.
0: Sowie, we've seen five Bulldogs players. Yeah. Break the rules. We've seen Josh Dugan fine $25,000 last Friday. Now we've seen the Dragons players. What's it going to take for the, any player out there that even has done the right thing until now if they, to stop them doing the wrong thing? The competition to be called off. <laughs> and a whack in the back pocket.
1: Well, that would be the whack in the back pocket. If, you, if a competition's called off and it's off no pay, remember last year it hurt everyone. So, uh, silly decision by the Dragons players. I'm sure they understand that now and they regret that. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure the fines will be hard and, and severe from... Uh, Peter Volandis.
2: Has there been much said, Sowie? Um, I'm not down
1: there, mate. Yeah. I'm not in the bubble at all. I'm
2: not... Be people just, You know what they're like, though. Anthony Griffin is a disciplinarian, right? Mate, hey, so, I'm not down there. Yeah. I don't know. It's a disappointing for their fans because, what, they just got back in the eight as well. You'd imagine they would... Uh, I think their draw's not too difficult. Now they, they it's,
1: it's a hard draw going home. Look, they made a decision. They made the wrong decision. They made a mistake. They're going to pay the ultimate price right now.
0: Okay, and just uh, breaking news in from the Roosters, uh, Michael, there was news around Fletcher Baker, but also Brad Abbey, they're currently in isolation. Roosters training was cancelled today, uh, which is actually a really big win for the Roosters because it could have been drama given they were in a hotspot. All right, time to move on to this week's Casualty Award brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And we start with the players that won't be a part of Origin 3. Daniel Saifidi and Jerome Luai are casualties out of the weekend. Luai is in a knee brace and we'll know more about how long he is out for when he has more tests in the next week. His partner in crime, Nathan Cleary, is recovering from that shoulder injury he suffered in Game 2. Jake Trebojevic and Harry Grant both missed the match at Suncorp but will hopefully be back in the next fortnight. Another soft tissue injury has sidelined Matt Moylan again. This time it's his calf. A trio of Warriors were struck down in Round 16. Tohu Harris and Chad Townsend both picked up shoulder injuries while, while Eli Kartora hurt his ankle. Nick Chotrich's first season with the Bulldog is sadly over. He needs surgery on a toe injury he suffered at training. Isaiah Pabliti suffered a head knock against the Panthers, but given the Eels have the bye this week, he has 14 days to recover before they take on the Titans. And Panthers trio Dylan Edwards, Robert Jennings and Paul Momorowski are also hopeful of returning in round 18. All right, it's time now for Hit or Miss. This is an interesting one. Joseph Sawali is not quite ready for the NRL. Jamie Soward, you're a big fan of his. so oh, miss.
1: I don't, yeah, I mean, I wish I was looking like that when I was 18, not just for footy reasons either. But you also didn't um, come into the grade with as much hype. as. No, as well. but regardless of the hype, I think he's done amazing. You think anytime someone goes to the Roosters now, if the back of them winning back-to-back premierships, they're expected to be Brett Morris. And he goes onto that right wing and, look, the other night, sure, he made some mistakes, but they all did. Uh, I think he's he's just learning the hard way at the moment. As is Sam Walker. You know, Sam Walker's first five weeks, he, I think he had 12 trisists and, and since then haven't seen much from him. He's starting to learn that it's a week-to-week progress. So, yeah, a miss for me. He's, he's definitely ready. They're just learning the hard way at the moment.
2: Yeah, it's a miss for me. I, I think he's been... If he wasn't Joseph Suwali and he came in and we saw this kid, we think he's got a bright future. Everyone's measuring him off the hype, sure. Has he lived up to the hype? The hype was unbelievable, though. The hype was unfair on him. So, no, he hasn't lived up to the hype, but he's still a very, very good footballer and he doesn't look out of place in first grade. All
0: right, the Broncos might have won yesterday, but Kevin Walters didn't win any fans at his uh, press conference early last week when he was speaking about the future of off-contract prop Matt Lodge. Well,
2: I've told Matt and his manager that he's not going anywhere. He'll be staying here. Nick,
0: Prop, Matt Lodge has left the Broncos effective immediately. Yeah, I'm just having it all behind me now. and I've been pretty excited coming in here and starting training. <laughs> Only the truth can save Kevin Walters, Michael Travis.
2: <laughs> Did someone just hack the NRL service? <laughs> what happened there? Okay, I, all right. Yeah, I, hit, I, I thought that was embarrassing. And that he's taken a few hits to the reputation of Kevin and that didn't help his cause. I just can't lie in rugby league. You just cannot no, lie.
1: Okay, I agree. Is he in trouble now that he's lying to the Queensland media, the Brisbane media? Because I think, they are ruthless up there.
2: And I think he's starting to feel the pressure. I think there was a story a week ago in the in the uh, Courier-Mail about the player revolt. So the Knives have been out for a little while now with Kevi Walters. And if he, st- if he keeps heading down that path, when people know that... Well, I spoke to the clubs about Pangai Junior Lodge last week after Kevy said that, and they were saying, No, no, the Broncos are telling us they're still for sale. So that's embarrassing for the coach, and he would have known what was going on. I, I just don't understand the thought process there with Kevy because in the background, the negotiations were taking place and they were about to come well, to the Well, he doesn't Porsche have to do it coach. anymore. Ben Ickens there, anyway. Okay, oh, so? he's, of course, he still has to do it. Only the truth can save Kevin Walters, hit or miss. Hit.
0: Yeah. Alright, time to talk Daly and medal and let's look at the leaderboard after round 12 when it went behind closed doors. The last time we saw it, Nathan Cleary on 21, Roger Toulbas check, 17, James Fisher Harris 16, Turbo 15. Uh, Nathan Cleary, now he'll be sidelined for at least the next three weeks. So, does James Tedesco play for the Titans? Nathan Cleary. <laughs> what a signing. Well, <laughs>
1: Nathan Cleary. Justin Holbrook's taking his shirt off and throwing it around like <laughs> the English
0: fans. Of course, Roosters captain uh, Nathan Cleary will win the 2021 Dalien medals. Miss, miss Tom
1: Trbojevic by a country mile. If he's not already in front, he will be in front. Uh, I think James Caveska will finish second, and James Fisher Harris will finish third.
2: Hard to argue. I think uh, I don't see Nathan Cleary returning in four weeks. There is no reason to risk him if. Top two is sewn up. You wait till three weeks before the finals, you bring him back and you. Two uh,
0: runs before the finals.
2: That's all you need, Sal, yeah?
0: I don't know. I've got uh, well,
2: wrist you, didn't need, right. you didn't need any games before
0: now, the finals. Now, some NRLW clubs have announced their key signings ahead of the upcoming season. The reigning champs, the Broncos, how's this for a lineup? Dalian medalist, Ali Brigginshaw, Millie Boyle, Tamika Upton, Taryn Aiken, and Amber Hall. Now, they've won all three NRLW titles so far. So the Broncos NRLW team need to do what's right for the competition and split. Sowie.
1: no it's not up to the Miss because it's not up to the Broncos but the NRL whoever is, is in charge of that competition and how they break up the marquee players need to look at how they're going to create fairness because we saw in the New South Wales Harvey Norman Premiership this year that two new teams doesn't necessarily mean expansion because two teams Cabra Matter I think it was got beat by 60 points every single week that's not that's not promoting expansion that's just throwing you know uh, young girls to the wolves. so uh, for me, they need to have three marquee players per club and they need to go into a draft. Can you imagine how exciting it would be you know, to have a, a women's draft and get some actual equal talent across those clubs? Um, yes, the Brisbane Broncos deserve... They've been amazing, they've been the best team, but I don't want to see Brisbane Broncos go on a 10-peat because everyone, they, those players are taking less to go to the Brisbane Broncos rather than take more to come to a, another club in Sydney or the Gold Coast Titans.
2: Miss every comp needs a villain. Everyone needs a team to beat. You know, with the storm for so long, it, it yeah. But it's do lo- not see that they want. To, they've gone to expansion. They've got more teams. Yeah, but they haven't. They haven't won grand finals forty nil. They, they they in in each of those games, like you, well, there's I think there was one blowout. But they've been competitive, right? They're just showing in the big moments they're getting the job done. I I, I don't mind the idea of having that villain and Brisbane can can be that uh, play that role in the competition. Well, that's a
0: perfect segue to our champ and chump because mm. there are some villains in the game this week but there's also a champion. So who is your champ of the week?
2: Oh, my champ is uh, your dear friend Uncle Wayne. Did you see the scenes at Leichhardt Oval yesterday with the uh, the Grappa delivery? Obviously got caught out last year uh, at Grappa and broke the, the biosecurity bubble and around the corner, Grapper for this game, and they brought him a delivery after the game. So, What was
0: uh, his order? Oh, that's what I want to know. Yeah, I
2: didn't actually ask him that. I asked him, I said, how was your le- dinner last night? Good. That's yeah. all I got.
0: He would have had probably you need a, steak you need and, a and work veg. work on your skills as a journo. You know better than that. Steak and the, veg.
2: Got a small talk my way into that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, he's my champ of the week. All right, and a couple of chumps. A couple of chumps. Uh, okay, I've, I've gone blank here. My chumps of the week. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Did you the the decision to bring Chad Townsend over to the Warriors? I did like it. I did like it. He was brought there for game management, but I think this field goal cost them the game here. Uh, The decision with what eight eight in front. uh, Hey,
1: Chad's my guy. Chad's my guy. It
2: just was costly, and then Adam Reynolds, seriously. He could have just dived over untouched. What was he doing? He's the best goal kicker in the business. Why is he bringing it around 3.2 centimetres? Yeah. I don't. Need, you don't need to do that.
1: You now, what's worse for that? He did the post try
0: celebration <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as, as
2: gonna,
0: well. I don't know if the cash went to the kitty for Mossy I think it should. All right, we'll get to that shortly. But our NRL teams is back tomorrow. Brett Camorley, uh, Robbie Farrah, and myself will bring you all the latest team news for round 17 as soon as the team lists drop. We're on air at 3:55 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Before we announce the official lineups at 4 p.m., you just mentioned it uh, after around 16. $65,000 has been donated to the Mossy Masoi Foundation, courtesy of tri July and Sportsbet. Uh, every player that celebrates with a post-tri celebration, five grand. So we want to see players for the rest of the month go for it. Now, Sally if you're still playing, PSA. All right, we want
1: to raise a million dollars for this bloke. If you, I mate scores if I score I don't need you two pelicans coming over there and trying to wreck it like Keon Colomitangi uh, the bloke that jumped on Campbell Graham alright let them do so we can get the five grand if you have down kiddie. by
2: 40 is a try doesn't matter it acceptable? Is it acceptable?
1: wake up for yourselves
2: and all if right?
0: Ruben Garrick does that how's that don't be Tom Draboyevich and just stand yeah. there and just shake get your head get involved Tom alright so if you're still playing what's your tri- post
2: I had the pistols
1: oh,
0: you
2: that's it we no,
0: loved it I didn't
1: score a try you
0: can roll the tape. Show I
1: think yours. you've got it here.
2: I, I love the Blacklock here. I love Somersault. <laughs> can we Bring see him? back? Can we see Let's have me. a look. Let's go.
0: <laughs> All right, on that note, it's time for us to go. Hopefully we see plenty more uh, post-try celebrations across uh, the next couple of weeks. Here's the best from round 16.
3: Elias he He can run alone. He's got
0: the post-try celebration. And he's got the Robin Hood going. Knows where the camera is. Camera seven, I'm coming your way for Mossy Masoi. <laughs> Ramsey scores in the corner! Yeah! Ramsey goes fishing! And there's a the celebration.
2: <laughs> Try <laughs> July continues. There's another $5,000, you'd imagine, for Try July. Another amazing celebration. Adam Reynolds gets there and takes off
1: with the celebration He's just setting it up they know where the cameras are and the leading try scorer goes further in front